uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, somebody uh, called uh, yesterday. A gentleman said, uh, will you play the instrumental version of uh, that song? And uh, there it is from the Canadian Brass. They were in town to help us out on one of our 4th of July programs and uh, played that uh, song. They did a marvelous job. Love to have them uh, back again one of these days. All right, we have an open line going between now and 10 o'clock. Here's the way you get on, 3569397, or you can uh, text us at uh, 3515357. If you have something you'd like to talk about, a comment or a question, something that you would like to share, something that you would like to ask about, good. That's what we do on an open line. I have some headline stories that I've been looking through the uh, internet and uh, through some newspapers this morning to find out uh, what some of the big stories uh, are to pass along to you. And uh, we'll have a good time. That's hour number one. Have a good time hour number two, too, because that's uh, when Jim Dye will be here. Talk about some of the uh, columns that uh, Jim has written, some of the editorials, that kind of thing. Or you can ask him questions about the News Gazette as well. JR is up first today. Hello, JR. How you doing, Mr. Turpin? I'm doing great. How about you, man? Well, I'm kind of confused about this Central deal. Um, what do you think of it? The Central the basketball deal? Player. The oh, the basketball, basketball player? player. Uh, yeah. I don't know any more about it than uh, you do, probably, uh, JR. <laughs> uh, you think the coach would come on the air and talk about it, or probably no, not? No, the coach, coach isn't talking to anybody. Uh, I don't blame him. Uh, you know, he's being, the whole thing is being uh, reviewed or investigated, and uh, he's probably talking to uh, Unit 4 people that are doing the the review. Uh, I don't know uh, anything about all about it. All My first comment was, well, all the teams that I've ever known, the coach always had the discretion whether to have a person on the uh, the team or not, and the coaches yeah, he, coaches were always making decisions about well, this guy is not going to play tonight because he did something, uh, you know, he uh, broke a team rules or he did this or that, and I don't know what the situation is with uh, this uh, guy. I know he's a very good basketball player. He is uh, the coach is playing his son, right? Coach so is what playing my, is playing his son. Yes, yes, uh, his, his son's yeah. on the on the team. Yes, his uh, son must be pretty good then. No, his son just uh, committed to Grand Canyon University in uh, Phoenix. Uh, wow! Today, as a matter of fact, yeah. I see. I see the coach's the oldest son plays for U of I, and uh, I work at Circle K, and he comes in there, and I tease him about his. Uh, Long hair and his uh, beard, and he says, "I'm never cutting my hair." <laughs> yeah, he's got that bun on the uh, top of his head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, hey, I want to talk about uh, Mr. Turner, Richie Turner. I guess he's family coming out with a uh, a lawsuit. The homeless guy. Um, I used to visit Richie, and uh, he would be all right when he was off his off the drugs and stuff. But I guess he went berserk that that day. And uh, I, they're, they're claiming excessive force, but I, I'm, I'm, you know, Richie, Richie was all right when he was, uh, when he was off the drugs and alcohol. Yeah, you know that uh, that seems to be the case with uh, a lot of people, uh, particularly the 
the people that are on the uh, the streets, you'll find them, and they're oh yeah. Some, some of them are just uh, you know terrific people with great uh, personalities, and they just uh, maybe down on their luck, or you know some of them might even uh, choose to be. Uh, well, there's, uh, they, there's this guy. There's this guy now. He's uh, got terminal cancer, and he sleeps behind the. Uh, well, there's a flower bed by the Virginia Theater on down where the uh, housing authority is. Yes. There he is sleeping, and uh, he's covered. Uh, it was it was pouring with rain this morning. I felt so sorry for him, but yeah. you know you just can do so much for them people. Yeah, and there are several uh, people uh, that have uh, gotten together, churches and uh, and others, uh, where there are, there are quite a few places for the uh, homeless to spend nights anyway. I, I know they have rules that you can't come there drunk or on drugs. Well, that's... And uh, a lot of them are that's drunk. A, that, that's a good rule, though. Yes, there is, you know. But, well, you, you have a great day. I'm glad you called. Thanks, uh, Jr. We're at the 356-9397. Yes, uh, Champaign Central uh, Finky has committed to Grand Canyon uh, University. It's out in uh, Phoenix. It's uh, now a Division One team. And he had, uh, according to reports, uh, 15, 16 Division One offers. And all the uh, experts that were uh, <laughs> telling us uh, who was giving him offers and so forth. Uh, nobody listed uh, Grand Canyon, none that I saw anyway. But uh, we'll talk more about that as we uh, as we go along this morning. As far as the the other part of the uh, uh, the Coach Finky uh, situation with, uh, with the uh, player that we were talking about yesterday, who's a terrific uh, player. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. We'll uh, just have to wait and uh, and find out. Don't know anymore. Maybe someone else does, but I don't uh, this morning any more than w- what we said uh, yesterday. Here are some of the headlines of this morning. A tweet about what Congressman Rodney Davis uh, said during a congressional hearing causes uh, an outrage. Tom Kasich writes about that in this morning's News Gazette, how he said something that was either misinterpreted or something that he had to explain later. And I'll tell you about it. It's it's kind of interesting. It's also kind of humorous the way that it was misinterpreted. And it has to do with... uh, women on his uh, staff, and basically it has to do with the, the, the question of, well, if there is so much uh, sexual harassment, some uh, people were wondering, well, maybe that will cause uh, uh, fewer hirings of women. And that's kind of how the whole thing got started. We'll uh, talk about that as we go along. Uh, negotiations will begin with former County Administrator uh, Deb Busey as the County Administrator. She needs to come back on an interim uh, basis, or they want her to come back, and evidently she is willing. This is according to action taken last night by the County Board. This is a meeting that lasted some six hours or so. I cannot imagine a meeting that lasted six. I don't like meetings that last 30 minutes. 
I don't know about you, but six hours in a meeting? California government, um, I'm sorry, the California gunman had been feuding with neighbors, according to his mother. The shooting rampage, the latest, leaves four dead and uh, ten wounded. Fox News uh, reporter uh, Howard Kurtz, who writes a column for Fox News uh, occasionally, writes about the sex scandal boomerang, he calls it, and he asks if the left is ready for a Bill Clinton reckoning. In Europe, a prisoner kills an inmate. This inmate had beaten his two-year-old daughter to death. That's why he was in prison, and he got killed himself. We're told that uh, inmates uh, don't take kindly to people that do that kind of thing, dealing with babies and so on, that you take your life in your own hands when you're sent to prison for those kinds of things. And in this case, a prisoner killed that inmate. And in the politics, Attorney General Jeff Sessions couldn't recall a lot of things during his contentious appearance before the House Judiciary Committee. And a military coup in Zimbabwe, a little confusing reporting uh, from there overnight, but it appears to be true. And in Australia, voters over okayed the same-sex marriages, but the vote is not binding. It's the lawmakers that are the ones who will or will not turn that vote into law. More than 16,000 scientists from 184 countries have sent a letter asking us, all of us, to fix Earth's environmental problems before it's too late. And I don't know if any of you uh, stayed up and watched the basketball doubleheader last night. I did. It lasted until after 11 o'clock. And uh, I thought, well, once the baseball season's over, we'll get to bed earlier. But no such luck last night. But it was fun to watch. Duke beat Michigan State, as you probably know by now. Kansas uh, beat Kentucky. And it's no wonder that uh, a lot of uh, teams cannot get uh, the best freshmen. Duke started four freshmen. They're number one in the nation, and uh, these guys hadn't uh, played a game. Well, they played a couple of exhibition games. But um, they're freshmen, and they're number one because People know how good the freshmen are. Grayson Allen, their senior, led all scores with 37 points. It's a good thing they had him or they probably would have gotten beat. Kentucky started five freshmen. So out of all the players that started those two games uh, last night, there were nine freshmen. And where were they from? They were from Duke and from Kansas. Or from Kentucky, I should say. Kansas had some, too. Kansas got to trouble with one of their recruits. It has to do with an automobile and the wreck, and they held him out trying to figure it all out. That's some of the things that uh, we want to uh, talk about. 
Retta 3569397. And the uh, heating and cooling text line is 3515357. So if you have something on your mind that uh, you would like to talk about, just uh, uh, give us a call. We're going to take our first break uh, right here, coming right back. This is Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. The phone line's open at 356-9397. Castle Heating and the Cooling text line is 351-5357. This is a story I was uh, talking about that uh, Tom uh, Kasich had uh, written about, uh, Rodney Davis. Uh, just let me kind of glance through here and see where to start on this. Originally, Amanda Turkle who is the Washington Bureau Chief for the Huffington Post, tweeted, Representative Rodney Davis says he's worried that congressional offices will hire fewer women to avoid the issue of sexual harassment. Okay, that's the way it started. These are all tweets. Later, she added, For the record, Davis is not saying he will do this, He said he had female staffers who were concerned about this. That's why he asked what to do about it. Then later, and Davis specifically said, obviously that's not the right approach, thought it's smart that he raised that and asked what is being done to prevent this from happening. And then finally, everyone chill out on Representative Rodney Davis. He did not say he will hire fewer women to avoid sexual harassment. He asked how to prevent other offices from doing that. In her online story, posted later, Turkle wrote, Representative Davis said he was worried about an unfortunate consequence of the increased awareness around sexual harassment is that offices would avoid hiring female staffers so as not to get caught up in any scandals. Then she quotes uh, Davis as saying, I have a female-led staff. I asked them their opinion, he said uh, during the hearing. They were concerned that an unintended consequence may be some officers just uh, would take a shortcut and not hire women to avoid these issues. Obviously, that's not the right approach. Davis's chief of staff is Jennifer Dalby, his district director also is a woman, Helen Albert, and his spokesperson also is female. But Emily's List, which has endorsed Betsy Londrigan of Springfield in the March 2018 Democratic primary, cited Turkle's original tweet and issued a statement that incorrectly called Davis's statement a suggestion. So... I like uh, tweets, and I like uh, looking at what uh, people have to say on Facebook and on Twitter and other places. I, I do. But it can get you in trouble. Just short little uh, statements where it might take a little longer to really explain what you're really trying to say. Now, is this, uh, is this first tweet from uh, President Trump regarding those basketball players? Oh, it's from Trump. 
Okay, this uh, happened about 19 minutes ago. Do you think the three UCLA basketball players will say thank you, President Trump? They were headed for 10 years in jail. And about three minutes ago, if it wasn't for the President of the United States, these UCLA players would still be stuck in China. This is a, this is a tweet from somebody else here, looks like. Where is the UCLA college and the three players' gratitude? Where is the NAACP, the CBC, and the Rainbow Coalition, who's always crying racism? Stand up, man up, and say thank you. That was a story that he was, uh, the president was involved in that, how much he did, who, I mean, who knows. But there have been lots of stories of uh, people that get uh, stuck on certain uh, charges, and some of them wind up staying in prison and uh, for a real long time. We've had several uh, episodes like that. I just, uh, through this uh, little Alabama story in here because it just happened last night. They had the they had the first basketball game, and then between games, they had the committee come up. Uh, the the latest on uh, the CFP rankings, and they talked to the chairman of the committee and so forth. But anyway, the upshot of the whole thing is that. If you're looking for the playoff teams now, Alabama is one, Clemson is two, Miami is three, Oklahoma is four, and Wisconsin is five. Auburn is six, Georgia seven, and that's about all the teams that uh, still have a chance. Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State is after that. They all have uh, uh, two losses. And there are still some games to play for all those teams. Let's go to the uh, phones for Ken. Hello, Ken. Yeah, I don't know if uh, you guys have announced it or not, but maybe everybody would like to know that tickets are now available to uh, the public for the uh, game in Chicago where Lou Henson's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, okay, tickets are of on sale for that? Uh, we're at the ticket office or uh, where? Yeah, here, right here in town. Okay. And uh, when is that date? Do you have, do you have that? December 16th. Okay, December 16th. It's uh, Illinois and New Mexico State, uh, the two teams that uh, Lou Henson was head coach uh, and took them both to the Final Four. Yep. So uh, what did you say about the Hall of Fame? Hello? Isn't he, going to be inducted? Isn't he going to be inducted then? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what the uh, what, what all is going on there, there. I just know that they... I thought I heard that. Yep, could be. But anyway, uh, thanks. Uh, tickets on sale at the uh, over at the State Farm Center ticket office, I suppose, huh? That's right. Okay, thank you. Well, that United uh, Center was... Packed last night. It looked like I don't. I never did see an attendance uh, figure, but when you get four teams like that to come in and then 
a lot of them brought, you know, when Kentucky plays, you can count on a whole bunch of people coming. And Kansas is about the same way. Duke is about the uh, the same way. And uh, Michigan State had some followers there, too. I don't know if their crowd was as big as uh, some of the others. Just don't know. Well, after years of speculation crossing his move from Centennial to Champaign Central, star guard Tim Finke committed to Grand Canyon University last night. And how did uh, Finke announce his decision? It was via Instagram with a post reading, I always wanted to be a part of something special. I found it here. To God be the glory, I'm home. Go Lopes. This followed a November 3rd Snapchat from Finke indicating he was visiting Grand Canyon's campus in Phoenix. Finke had at least 16 Division I offers, though neither rivals nor 247 Sports listed Grand Canyon among those schools prior to the senior's decision. Among those schools that offered were Illinois, Notre Dame, Butler, Northwestern, Ohio State, Oregon, Vanderbilt, and Pittsburgh. The six foot six uh, four star shooting guard is the first member of Antelope's coach Dan Marley's uh, 2018 class. His team will visit State Farm Center on December the 30th in Illinois' final non-conference game uh, this season, the 2017-18 season. They're a recent addition to the Division I hoop scene, making the jump from NCAA Division II to the NCAA Division I Western Athletic Conference in July of 2013. In all three seasons, uh, the coach has qualified Grand Canyon for the collegeinsider.com postseason tournament, reaching the quarterfinals last year. Finke is a three-time All-Area first-teamer, the freshman with Centennial in each of the last two seasons with Central under his coach, uh, Jeff Finke. Retta 3569397. You can text us at 3515357. What's going on? Now, what's uh, happening with you today? It is... A rainy day, I believe. It has almost stopped raining here uh, downtown. Don't know how it is where you are, but uh, raining pretty hard earlier today, that's for sure. And rain in the forecast for the next couple of days. We'll take a break here. We're coming uh, right back. Phone lines open. This is Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. We're taking your calls at 3569397. And here's a text just in, Jim, it's amazing how distraught the player and the community is over the player being cut. Talk about that uh, Champagne Central now. But nobody is talking about how a local basketball coach worked with him all summer to try to get him into a prep school it just doesn't sound like he was committed to Champaign Central basketball. That's something that uh, people have uh, talked about, and uh, somebody has uh, texted this to me. I don't know who. 
but uh, we've always uh, heard that that is exactly what happened uh, this uh, summer. We, I don't need to know the name of the basketball coach that uh, did that or the prep school they were talking about, but I'll just uh, reread what he said. It's amazing how distraught the player and community is over the player being cut, but nobody is talking about how a local basketball coach worked with him all summer to try to get him into a prep school. Doesn't sound like he was committed to Champaign Central uh, basketball. We're at uh, 356-9397. The Castle Heating and Cooling and Text Line is 351-5357. The uh, Faithful Law Office invites you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Secrets You Need to Know to Protect Your Home, Your Assets, and Your Family from the Cost of Long-Term Care. Learn about the law that completely changes the rules and much more Thursday, November the 16th at 1.30 at the I-Hotel. Call the Facer Law Office at 337-1111 to reserve your spot. 337-1111. Again, this is free, but they need to know that you're coming. How many to uh, get the get ready for, get the room ready for, etc. Ask about the book co-authored by Elder Law Attorney Thorpe Facer. Protect your family. Don't write a blank check to the nursing home. Somebody had a call earlier about uh, Richie Turner. Story by uh, Mary Shank today says the sister of a well-known homeless uh, person who died following a struggle with Champaign police a year ago has filed a federal lawsuit against the city and four of its officers. An attorney for Chandra Turner the older sister of the late Richard Ritchie Turner, filed suit in the Central District of uh, U.S. District Court claiming that the officers used excessive force in their interaction with Mr. Turner on November 16, 2016, leading to his death. Chandra Turner seeks an unspecified amount of money for her emotional distress and the cost of her brother's funeral. Named as defendants are the, uh, from the city of Champaign, Sergeant Tom Frost, and officers Michael Talbot, Andrew Wilson, and Chris Young. Champaign police uh, reports say that Mr. Turner was drinking about 8.30 a.m. that uh, Wednesday, running in and out of traffic, and yelling at passersby in Campus Town. Police confronted him in the 600 block of South uh, 6th Street and got him into a struggle uh, during which he became unresponsive. Those officers and paramedics provided medical care, but Mr. Turner was pronounced dead at Carl Foundation Hospital at 9.42 a.m., an autopsy revealed no signs of trauma or injury to Mr. Turner. We'll take a break here. We're coming uh, right back. Phone lines open three five six nine three nine. And a uh, text said, Jim, were you aware of, of a, uh, the tennis tournament going on uh, in uh, town over at Atkins? 
every year. This takes place in November, but almost no mention of it uh, anywhere. I've uh, I've mentioned it uh, quite a few times uh, here. I don't place else, but yes, it's uh, several of the Illini uh, players, uh, both former players and current players, are in it over at Atkins. Jim Dyes next on DWS in Champaign-Urbana. Welcome back to our number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin, and as I promised, uh, Jim Dye is my guest during this hour. Jim is here in the uh, studio. We ask him to uh, come on every a couple of weeks or so. We talk uh, about a lot of things going on in the news, talk uh, some about uh, what he has uh, written and his editorials and some of the columns that he writes, talk about uh, some of the books that he's reading, some of the teams that he's following, and uh, some of the things he brings for breakfast. I understand you're kind of a gourmet cook, and you always bring these exotic uh, dishes <laughs> for breakfast. Are you talking about the lunch bag I brought in this morning? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's see. There's a piece of sliced cheese in there, an apple. Uh, my wife makes my, makes me a pretty decent lunch, so I can't complain too much about it. But it's not too exotic. But i got to tell you, Jim, I'm a little worried this morning because you had Tom Kasich on the air uh, in the first hour, and he's a pretty hard act to follow. He is. He brings all that expertise, you know, and I just bring uh, uh, ill-conceived opinions. (laughs) Some people will agree with that. That's right. They will. Well, one thing about following, if you follow Tom Kasich, uh, you'd have been up until uh, after 1 o'clock this morning. Well, he's a hardworking guy. There's no question about it. Tom's (laughs) always been a great reporter and a very hard worker, and uh, he gets the job done. He has a... uh, the patience of uh, Job, as they say, uh, if he sits through a six-hour county board That meeting. does sound horrible, doesn't it? it I mean, does. I've sat through my share of those uh, uh, tedious meetings, and, man, sometimes you just want to scream at him, please, let's all go home. <laughs> Can't we think about this some other time? We're at uh, 356-9397. Our text line is uh, 351-5357. If you have something you'd like to uh, talk to Jim about, just uh, jump in, or if you want to... Uh, Jump in when uh, we're talking about uh, a particular topic. That's uh, good, too. Talk to me about uh, Andy. Adam. Adam NGF. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I was trying to get the, uh, the last name right, so I got the first name I'll wrong. I'll tell you, that name is a mouthful, isn't it? Adam Angievsky. How's yeah. that? Uh, well, he runs an organization called Open the Books <clears throat> in which he tries to follow the money. And it's amazing what he's been able to achieve in terms of just uh, breaking one story after another about how government spends people's money. Is it primarily uh, Illinois, or is he Well, cover- he's actually uh, trying to put the, the check, checkbooks of all 50 states online, and he's got 47 of them. He's got three more to go. Uh, let's see, North Carolina, Wyoming, and California. And also the federal government. Uh, the federal government's been online since 2006. And so you can go to these various websites and see where money is being spent. And it's all it's localized. And uh, if you want to see who makes what, you can. And uh, there's a, that's a big story. How does government spend people's money? And you find a lot of amazing things. Uh, you know, he took a look at the uh, spending practices of the College DuPage uh, College of DuPage starting a couple of years ago just kind of picked him at random and by the time uh, he was done with his disclosures he had the president of the university was fired uh, the guy who was running the state radio station was prosecuted and ordered to prison for stealing from everybody and 
And uh, this is serious business, huh? It is serious business, absolutely. And uh, you write that he was on with uh, Brian Lamb. Brian Lamb had him on, yes, yeah, C-SPAN, in which the the uh, recording is still available online. If you just Google uh, um, OpenTheBooks.com and and uh, Brian Lamb or go on the C-SPAN website, you can find it. And yeah, he's he's made a nationwide splash. Brian Lamb had him on the show after he saw an article about. Uh, about one of Adam's disclosures in one of the Washington newspapers, and so it's uh you know he's really uh, you know he ran for governor a number of years ago, and and after you know he didn't win in the Republican primary, and after he lost, he de- decided to devote himself to uh, this kind of uh, being a public watchdog. He's a retired, not I shouldn't say retired. He's a guy who went into business early after college, made a lot of money, and decided that uh, he didn't want to do business anymore. He wanted to be involved in uh, public affairs. I notice uh, some of the uh, things that he uh, that he has uh, worked on, uh, you have in, in your uh, column, uh, is this today, I believe it's what's today or yesterday? Tuesday. Tuesday. And um, he finds that the uh, report of the Federal uh, Department of uh, Veterans Affairs spent $20 million on artwork while veterans awaited weeks and weeks for promised medical treatment and sparked congressional inquiries and apologies from an embarrassed VA bureaucrat. Yeah, yeah. You catch bureaucrats doing bad things, they'll they'll be happy to apologize. They probably won't stop doing bad things, but they'll apologize well, for the bad things. That's going to be my next question. You, you mentioned uh, <laughs> one item or one uh, incident there where things did happen and people got fired and, and uh, so on, but... Does that happen very often, or is it just the fact that he is uh, disclosing all this information? Well, he's uh, been successful in bringing uh, public attention to a lot of things that the government does that ordinarily would not uh, draw public attention. You know, the the federal government and the state governments and local governments, they're so sprawling. They have so many different arms and entities that it's really very hard to keep track of all the things they do unless you actually go line by line over their spending. And, of course, most of what they do is perfectly legitimate, but some of it really is outrageous, and, and that's what gets people's attention. The other thing he uh, did recently was he reported, you know, at the federal government's budget year expires, I think, December 1 or maybe January 1, I'm not quite sure. But as, as federal bureaucracies approach the end of their budget year, if they have money in their budgets, they, they go on these spending rampages because it's use it or lose it. And uh, so they just start thinking of all kinds of ways to spend money that they ordinarily probably wouldn't do if they didn't have all this money that they felt like they had to spend. It's been uh, 37 years ago now when I was uh, working at the Sangamon State University in uh, Springfield, now the University of Illinois Springfield, and I was a director of uh, public affairs and public relations and we dabbled in uh, some of their advertising and so forth. And uh, the first year I was there, I I arrived in uh, November. And what was happening then at the uh, board meetings, uh, which included the the president of the university and all of his staff, they were getting together with a little little, uh, conference uh, meetings here and there. And the main goal was to see how much money they had in the coffers, how they could spend that before the end of the year, and... They thought nothing about it because they said, if we don't, we won't get it next year. 
That's right. And, and you certainly wouldn't want to save anything and return it back. <laughs> Maybe they didn't need it in the first place, but bureaucracies can always think of ways to, to spend money on things that they, quote, need. You know, or would like to have, or maybe if their wildest wishes came true, they could get. But, uh, you know, obviously things haven't changed much, have they? They have not. Because that's still the mantra of the bureaucracies everywhere, certainly in government. That wouldn't happen as often in private industry. From uh, John, earlier in the show, Tom Kasich referred to the county board and the racial justice task force. Could someone please explain the purpose of such a task force and what is it they are trying to achieve? Do you know anything about that? Well, yeah, I do. I remember when they they created this. Uh, I can tell by your attitude you don't think much of this. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't know. You appoint these group of, uh, this group of citizens uh, of uh, goodwill and say, hey, go investigate racial justice. That's kind of a racial injustice and make recommendations on how to make a a better society. That's a rather broad mandate, and I, I'm somewhat skeptical that they're going to be able to come up with uh, recommendations that uh, are going to be very widely embraced. What I guess I would think if we want to have a you know more just society, everybody just ought to be nicer to each other and more respectful to each other, and that probably would do it, but I suspect this committee is going to come up with something a lot more complicated than that. But, I, you know, they were appointed about a year or so ago, by the county board. Has anything happened? I guess that's. The, I don't. Uh, you know, they're. I guess they've been holding their meetings, but uh, and trying to figure out how they're going to make utopia out of Champaign County. But uh, I, I don't expect much to come of it, other than a lot of discussion, hot air. We're going to take a little, little break here. The uh, time is ten uh, eighteen. Jim Dye is uh, my guest. We're at three five six nine three nine seven, and the. Uh, Castle Heating and a Cooling text line is 351-5357. Looks like somebody's calling in here. We'll try to get them on the air before the break. Uh, now they just uh, called us, and it is uh, Bill. Uh, good morning, Bill. Good morning. Um, just heard CBS News talking about the Roy Moore case, and they kind of made it sound like Sean Hannity was supporting Judge Moore, and I think what he's what I've heard him saying, I listen every day, is that he thought, you know, people should be more patient and wait for more evidence to come in one way or the other because so many times we've jumped to conclusions that are wrong. But I think if the signature in the yearbook can be verified, it was, it doesn't prove anything at the 14-year-old, but it does um, add credence to what the women are saying. It says, Jim, are you aware of if there's if that book's been turned over to anybody for, like, handwriting analysis or anything like that? Because that seemed like a smoking gun to me. Uh, I am not aware that it's been turned over to anybody. I think it proves, it certainly proves that he knew her, if it's legitimate, which I suspect it probably is. And I, I think I read that he said he he didn't know her, or maybe he didn't remember, or, you know, who knows. Uh, the, yeah, the Roy Moore thing is, uh, boy, it's a real mess, and I suspect... Uh, well, I just don't know how it's going to turn out. I mean, the last poll I saw was that he was still leading in um, leading in the polls in Alabama. I don't know if that's going to hold up. He had under... a pep rally last night. Oh, well, good for him. And uh, any any young ladies in the tents? <laughs> well, I don't know, but the, there was quite a crowd, and there was you know a lot of, what you might expect was a lot of cheering. Well, there 
Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, Roy Moore is one of these politicians that uh, who's kind of a, I guess you see a little bit of a cult. I mean, he's a, twice removed from the Alabama Supreme Court for refusing to file court orders related to religious issues because, in his view, uh, religion trumps uh, the Constitution and statutory law. So I think that's kind of kind of disqualifying uh, right there. And then, of course, this thing comes up, uh, and it, it obviously doesn't make him look very good because I think clearly he had an interest in young girls uh, that probably was not appropriate. And uh, I think that... Uh, but he also has this following of people that are, you know, they think it's a conspiracy um, being waged against him. And it is a conspiracy, certainly, but it not, doesn't necessarily mean that the charges are not accurate. And uh, so I don't know. I think I think Roy's in trouble. I think Sean Hannity probably turned his back on him. I mean, this guy's a little too nutty for anybody to really want to embrace, I think, except maybe the people of Alabama. Hey, thank you, Bill. I uh, need to take a quick break here. We're coming uh, right back with uh, Jim Dye. We're back with uh, Jim Dye. We're talking about a variety of uh, things, and we'll uh, be happy to have you uh, join us at the 356-9397. Here's an editorial that has uh, this is very strange. Uh, you're saying time to sell the nursing home. Well, taxpayers, here we go again. Hang on. It's going to be another rough and costly ride. That headline is ac- inaccurate, actually. It says it's time to sell the nursing home. It probably should say it's way past time to sell the nursing home. <laughs> well, you didn't have enough room. Yeah, I guess. Whatever gonna, fits we print. We could use smaller type and get it all in there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the nursing home, this is really an interesting thing because you, this uh, the county board or uh, enough members of the county board seem to be clinging desperately to the uh, the nursing home as if their very lives depended on it. And I don't quite get it. It's a it's a financial black hole. It's threatening other parts of the county budget, and uh, some people are acting like this purely voluntary activity. I mean, it's not required by statute. Is more important than uh, maintaining services that are required by statute. And I I, I think it's a very strange thing to watch uh, this play out. And uh, particularly in light of the vote we just had last April where the public was asked its opinion and they said, sell it. And now we have some members of the county board saying, well, my district voted against selling it. So therefore, I'm ethically bound to oppose sale. Well, that's not a position that would fly uh, if in other circumstances. If the circumstances were reversed, Democrats would not be taking that position. That's about the only uh, position you uh, can take when the uh, it was just overwhelming that the people said, let's get rid of this thing. Yeah, I don't think it was overwhelming, but, yeah, they did. They voted. They voted, and, and it was a good turnout um, by the standards of these uh, elections of this nature, and, and the people decided. Both sides had a chance to get put their best foot forward and uh, push the issue to the voters. We had a vote on it, and now that's not good enough for some people. Because, you know, strictly result-oriented, if the, if the results had come out in their favor, they— if, they, if the results had been keeping the nursing home, they would have said, oh, well, the people have spoken. End of discussion. And now they say, well, the people have spoken, but, you know, what do they know? And uh, as we were saying uh, during the the break there, that uh, the people that are really nervous about this are the people that uh, are running uh, other parts of uh, county government. So, well, they're talking about $1.4 million in cuts, and uh, that I mean, I saw in the, to the, today's paper that we have some things, some per, planned purchases that they want to put off for a year or so. Like yeah, you know, yeah, it doesn't doesn't reach one point four million. Yeah, uh, to kind of uh, reduce. This, this the, sounds like uh, 
personnel to me. Well, inevitably, you're going to get into personnel because the fact of the matter is that government budgets are almost 75 or 80 percent personnel costs. You're going to make that big a reduction, then inevitably, I think you're going to affect personnel. Let's uh, go to the uh, phones for uh, Tony. Good morning, Tony. Hi. Um, what do you two think about these allegations against Roy Moore? Like, they said he was kicked out of the mall. Um, you have to do a lot to be kicked out of the mall. And the fact that he's still winning the, um, you know, election, according to the polls, is incredible. And, and it's the same thing like that Bill O'Reilly what do you have to do to a woman to pay her $32 million to be quiet? Like, that is a lot of, like, what kind of stuff was going on? That's, to a, have to that's a lot of a harassment, right? Well, that's, a, yeah, you know, that's what I was thinking, too. Gee, $32 million, what could I buy for $32 million? <laughs> I don't know. Right, right. I think he overpaid. Like, that's a lot of harassment. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that much harassment is possible. But who knows? If he paid it, he paid it. Uh, as far as Roy Moore, and uh, I think you said he was there. I think there's probably a lot of rumors going on about Roy Moore, and I suspect that a lot of these rumors, 90% of them, are probably inaccurate. Let's remember, all this stuff supposedly happened 40 years ago. So if people saying, well, I remember 40 years ago, Roy Moore was uh, kicked out. I mean, he wasn't even anybody then. He was just some guy. But as, in terms of the... Uh, he was the DA. He was the Alabama district attorney. I think he, yeah, yeah, I think he was an assistant district attorney. But, you know, I mean, how many people here yeah, could, name, could name the, the assistant district attorneys who work under Julia Reitz? I, I don't think he's a very high-profile character. At the same time, uh, you know, clearly he had some interests in, in uh, young girls. It's not appropriate for a guy his age. And... Uh, I know Jim Jim Turpin disagrees with me on that point, but I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> but uh, uh, but uh, y- you know he's going to hang in there because he's going to hang in there. I mean, this is a guy who was thrown off the Alabama Supreme Court twice for refusing to obey low, higher court orders. So you know, God tells him what to do, and he says he's going to do it by God. So I guess God told him to ask a 14 year old girl out. Now God is telling him to stay on the ballot at all costs and tell people he's a victim of. Uh, some sort of uh, malevolent uh, and false conspiracy. It's uh, it's it's so very those, odd. What are those pe- what are those people in Alabama? What do you have to do in Alabama to if you're Republican to not get elected? Like they still are supporting is the crazy thing. Well, you know, we'll <laughs> see what happens when the vote comes out. I suspect in the end, I mean, I'd be surprised if he won. Maybe he will. But you got to remember, he has he had a constituency uh, prior to this. So after he got thrown off the Alabama Supreme Court the first time, he got elected to go back. So there are people there who apparently like him and like. Uh, well, I know. It, just like Jim Turpin. We love Jim Turpin. But if we found out tomorrow that Jim Turpin molested 13-year-old girls, I bet people would not like him as much, right? <laughs> and maybe not listen, right? Turp, here is, so Turp is cringing here in the face of your analogy. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I, they, hey, look, you know, I don't know. You're looking for a rational explanation for what we both consider to be an irrational reaction. Don't do that. It will wait, it's a waste of your time. You'll never understand hey, it. Hey, we got to go, Tony. Uh, thanks for the uh, call. Uh, we have some other callers uh, that uh, we'll get to right after uh, Brian Barnhart has uh, given us Didn't the Didn't we just see him thing. a few minutes ago? Yeah, yes, you did. Uh, he's everywhere. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm all over the playing field. All right, let's get to news headlines. Ed? We're back on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin with uh, Jim Dye from the News Gazette. We're at 356 
Our text line is 351-5357. And we go to the phones for Don. Hello, Don. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, uh, well, I just like to say that people are very gullible, and I believe, not speaking about you two in particular, but definitely the media knows it. I mean, oh, it adds to the witch hunt. Republican, got to find a Republican that's in a sex scandal. I mean, I really, like you said, this guy's been in politics, what, 40, 50 years? And she remembers he groped her a month before the election. And we're not supposed to, like, figure that one out, you know. And this guy wants to call up and says, well, what, what does a Republican have to do to a 14-year-old girl? But we just had a backlash of what uh, started with the big producer, Weinstein. We got uh, Kevin Spacek. Uh, we got the comedian, Hall Liberals. We got Anthony Weiner. What was he, a congressman, a state representative, some schmo? He was actually sexting a 13-year-old girl with pictures of his naked body. You know, we could go on and on. We've got the guy, Blasio's buddy, right-hand man. He got busted just uh, like two months ago, kitty porn on his computer. You know, so come on, let's get real, folks. A month before the election, this lady remembers that 40 years ago, don't be so gullible, people. All I got to say, thanks, guys. Yeah, let me address it's that. Kind point of uh, wonder where he was going to go with that. Yeah, I think he's saying that he didn't believe it, and uh, you know that's interesting because there is a history of political dirty tricks uh, that uh, is undeniable. And I would just point out the Nikki Haley, the uh, the the current ambassador of the United Nations, when she was running for governor of uh, South Carolina the first time. Uh, about a month or two before the election, uh, there was some guys started stayed up and started making totally phony allegations about how he had slept with the uh, Muslim, whatever she is. She's some sort of um, Pakistani, Egyptian something. But he had, you know, I slept with the governor, he says. Well, that was totally false and proved to be false. Uh, you have all kinds. I mean, in, in Texas, you know, they indict you. Uh, the Democrats indict Republicans <laughs> before the election. That happened to uh, one of the Secretary of State who was elected to the Senate in Texas. So there are there are dirty tricks. There are dirty tricks that are played in politics. Is you know it's a rough sport. I would say in this case, uh, I'm not familiar with uh, the last details, the the latest uh, person, but th- there are multiple accusers here, and so that tends to lend credibility to the claim that he had some romantic interests in girls that he, they were too young uh, for him. And he's not really denied that per se, although he's denied any kind of inappropriate behavior. So, you know. I, Here, here's a story written by uh, Howard Kurtz, who is writing for Fox News. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, remember that. You have to, uh, every time I see a story, I say, well, who wrote that? Uh, which which side is he on to begin with? Well, Howard Kurtz used to write for the Washington Post, so mm-hmm. he's, and now he works for Fox News. So he's, mm-hmm. I, I think he's basically bipartisan or nonpartisan. All right, his uh, story today, uh, here's the headline. Sex scandal boomerang. Is the left ready for a Bill Clinton reckoning? Yes, well, I saw an article about that in the Atlantic magazine, and I also saw a couple of things in the New York Times where one New York Times female New York Times columnist said, I believe Anita Hill, or not Anita Hill, excuse me, I believe Juanita Broderick, the woman that Clinton supposedly raped. Uh, Well, the problem the left has in this sort of thing is they have been 
downplaying and dismissing uh, allegations, sexual misconduct allegations against Democrats for so long that for them to suddenly say, why, we're, we're morally outraged. Well, they're a little late to the party on that. And that 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 undermines their credibility. It looks makes it look like they're just playing the, a partisan game of we want to pick up a Democratic seat and this is a way to do it. So I, I think both parties probably have uh, unclean hands uh, when it comes to this sort of thing. But if you remember, if it was, hasn't been that long ago when we had a Senate candidate in Illinois, a guy named Jack Ryan, who was driven out of, uh, he won the Republican nomination uh, to run for the U.S. Senate against Barack Obama back in 2004. He was forced out of the campaign uh, for a sex scandal involving his own wife. Okay, so... <laughs> really, his could, own wife. Could you elaborate on that just a little bit? Well, yeah, sure. She uh, she said uh, they were getting divorced, and she filed um, some legal papers that said, Jack, uh, when we were in Paris one time, Jack took us took me to a sex club, and it was just terrible. And, and Jack said, yeah, I took her to a sex club. It was a little more than we both expected, and... We left, and uh, but that was something that drove him out of the campaign. Uh, so you know, I don't know. It's it's hard to keep track of all these things. Now, in light of the intense focus on sexual assault and harassment allegations involving Roy Moore, Harvey Weinstein, uh, Kevin Spacey, Louis C.K., business leaders, and prominent journalists, the question arises: What about Bubba? <laughs> and that question is being posed by liberal commentators. Well, yeah, but, you know, Bubba's uh, long gone from the political scene. He hasn't been president for, oh, gee, how long has it been? Almost uh, 12, 15 years. What difference does that make? This this thing with Moore dates back 40 years, doesn't it? Well, the point is that Roy Moore's running now, and and Bill Clinton is not, and Hillary's been kind of semi-forcibly retired uh, for the time being. So, I mean, I suppose if he were to come back, or she were to come back and run again uh, three years from now, then, then people would be saying... Uh, well, what about Bubba? I mean, you know, I don't know. What do we do about Bubba now? What do we do about 40 years ago? I mean, clearly, if there's been any violation of law, the con- the statute of limitations has uh, long since expired. Let's go to Joe. Hello, Joe. Morning, gentlemen. Morning. The thing that uh, annoys me the worst about this situation with Roy Moore, uh, Don, I think, hit the nail on the head. This is something that happened 40 years ago, and then all of a sudden, a month before the election, uh, these women come forward making these accusations. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying, why did they wait 40 years to do it? The other thing is, it just really annoys me, is once again, we see the Republican Party forming their circular firing squad against allegations against one of their own. Uh, I know, well, that was a misstatement. Roy Moore's not one of their own. They don't want him. Uh, the leader of the Senate, leader of the House, everybody else don't want him in Congress for various reasons. But once again, they're, rather than handling this in a, in a way that they could, uh, they've already said that if he's elected, they're not going to seat him. Uh, That's easier said than done. Start. Well, but what they could do is let the election take place. If he gets elected, then basically go to him and say, look, here's a situation. You're not going to be seated. We're going to ostracize you in any way we possibly can. If you'll resign and the governor can appoint another Republican to take your place, uh, we'll let this matter drop. Well, see, now that's a rational rational, uh, proposal. 
Mr. Moore is not a rational person. I mean, I mean, once again, I point out to you, he was removed from the Alabama Supreme Court twice for refusing to follow the dictates of higher courts. People have already suggested to him that he step down, and, you know, he ain't going to do it. So uh, I don't think he's going to be any more amenable to stepping down after the election if he wins than he was before the election, which he doesn't know if he'll win. <laughs> so I... Uh, and let me just speculate about this business about 40 years ago. These women did not come to the Washington Post. The Washington Post, I'm sure, was directed to them. I think the Democrats uh, cooked this thing up. That's not to say the allegations are not true, but they basically led the led the horse, meaning the Washington Post, to water, meaning the women, and they told their stories. And I think there's some really, I mean, the best story here is, or maybe the second best story here is not what the Washington Post reported about Roy Moore and what he did or didn't do with 14-year-old girls. It's how the Washington Post was led to the women. That's the better story. It's like when George Bush ran for president the first time, about a week before the election, there was a reporter in uh, in Maine, and she ran across a local Democrat, and the local Democrat said, you know what, if you went to check the clerk's records back in 19... 19- 90 or something like that, you might find something about George Bush being arrested for DUI. And she went there, and it was all there waiting for her to check out, and that's how the story of George Bush and the DUI broke out on the eve of the election in 1990. I mean, it was a, what you called an October surprise? Mm. Hey, thank you, Joe. Appreciate uh, your call. Callers, that didn't make uh, it any less true, <laughs> but it's just with the way politics can work on the eve of elections. We take a uh, quick break. Right here, and we're coming uh, right back with uh, Jim Dye. And uh, back to the phones we go for uh, Stan. Good morning, Stan. Good morning, gentlemen. A couple of comments or a couple of things. Uh, They're both for Jim Dye. Uh, The first one's uh, real quick. Uh, Jim, I I really uh, am glad to tell you that y'all kept me on uh, hold long enough that you and I could find some common ground on an issue. Well, good. What is that? Uh, neither party has clean hands. Yeah, that's that? pretty much true about everything, about every issue you can think of, well, <laughs> unfortunately. it has to do with the sex scandal uh, deal, with, with more. But, okay, I'll, I'll just a little bit more about that. Uh, if you want to know why Republicans in Alabama will continue to support more, all you've got to do is look at our dear leader, and after he confessed to having unwo- uh, having uh, touched women without their permission, uh, Republicans still voted for him, too. So, you know, confession's one thing. Uh, five witnesses is another. But how about the Bill? How said, about Bill Clinton, Stan? <clears throat> I didn't say he wasn't dirty. Oh, okay. both parties have clean have dirty hands. Okay, anything else? The we, thing, go ahead. Yes, the other thing I wanted to talk about was, do you know if the opinion page or the uh, paper in general is going to have anything about the uh, latest news with regard to the Russian embassy? Boy, I don't know. What is the latest news about the Russian embassy? Well, uh, our leader and uh, uh, our secretary of state have made a deal with uh, a Russian firm, of course, it's a no-bid contract, 
and the Russian firm is going to start providing security for our Russian embassy and at least two of our consulates in Russia. And the owner of the Russian security firm just happens to have been a KGB agent at the same time Vladimir Putin was. Well, I must say I don't know anything about that. Uh, sounds interesting. I'm not quite sure what the arrangements are in foreign countries for security at, at embassies. I thought mostly the Marines provide it, but I'll have to look into that, Stan. And we go to uh, Ted. Hi, Ted. Good morning. I'll try to make it quick. Um, quick question. Somebody can address it another time. Um, am I the only one who feels Joe Biden, whenever his son's dying wish, blah, 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 run, dad, run, and then he backed out. I wondered what Hillary had on him. And now that Donna <laughs> Brazil has exposed has exposed Hillary for what she is, um, he's he's coming out from under his rock. So I just I, Hillary's the type of person, as we know, comes to town and gathers information. She had something on him, and he backed off. But he's goofy. He doesn't have a chance to win. As far as uh, the last caller, a monkey could run for office after what Obama and the Bushes did the past 20 years and Bill Clinton, I'd have voted for a monkey, but God bless Donald Trump. He's, 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 he's come to the table and doing what needs done. And like uh, Judge Janine says, the Democrats, they are what they are, but these, the swamp Republicans, good God, you know, and keep up the good work to our, our president. Thank you. Thanks for the uh, call. We appreciate it. Uh, more calls after we take our final break here. As well. And uh, let's go to uh, the phones for Cliff. Hi, Cliff. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I understand we're just about out of time here, so I'll try to be quick. Uh, we uh, got, we got one minute. Go. One minute, I'll compress it down then for Mr. Dye on a story in this morning's paper, if we can get off of these sex scandals for a moment. There's a story about uh, clerical workers at the U of I uh, wanting their 2% raise back that they hadn't gotten for a couple of years. But my specific question is, there was a piece in there that said the lack of 2% raise is costing them an average of $3,000 a year, which mathematically would seem to indicate they're earning $150,000. Yeah, I'd be a little skeptical sure they, of uh, that 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 three thousand yeah. figure. I I hadn't thought about it the way you pointed it out, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe uh, they no, meant cumulatively. I, I don't know. Oh, perhaps it did say annual, costing them annually three uh, three thousand dollars. I'm thinking either there's a misstating of the facts there, or maybe they just don't need a raise. I'm not sure which it is. But thank you for your time. Good <laughs> sure, day. Appreciate the call. Our time indeed is up. What are you reading, Mister Die? We didn't get to that. Oh boy, I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading a book about the Chicago Cubs called "The Cubs Way" by Tom Verducci about how the Cubs. Uh, Tom Verducci knows a lot of stuff. He does about how the Cubs built their their winning organization under Theo Epstein. Hey, let's do this again in a couple weeks. What okay. do you say? It's not fine with me. Our time is up this morning. We'll be back tomorrow morning at uh, 9 here on DWS in Champaign-Urbana.